0: I'm Randy, And I'm Claire. And you're listening to Killer Vibes. A true crime podcast. Ready to hear about some murder? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We're ready to hear about some
1: murder. So this is the final chapter to our Ed Kemper serial killer story. And we left off with him being arrested. So... Uh, Kemper faced eight counts of first-degree murder. He did actually attempt to end his own life twice while awaiting trial. Um, really? He did. Mm-hmm. That's surprising to me because I
0: know what he does after this. Okay, Yeah,
1: right. exactly. So Kemper's attorney tried to enter a plea of not guilty by reason of insanity, which is a hard thing to do because you have to go through an entire process and be psychologically evaluated. He did have... Um, schizophrenia, though, right? He did, but they actually found him sane despite a confession of cannibalism.
0: Apparently, <gasps> Ooh, what I didn't know which that he
1: later recanted. He said that that wasn't right.
0: He was just doing that. Yeah, he was just doing be- that to get the insanity plea. Which mm-hmm. you know, they are smart. <laughs> they can see through that <laughs> exactly.
1: So Kemper even requested death by
0: torture. Like <laughs> this man is—he's mm. so weird. He's just such a character. I feel like he does all of these things. Like, I feel like it was his goal in life to be a famous serial killer that we all talk about. So he's doing these weird things to just make it weirder.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So none of his requests went through. And instead, he received seven years to life for each count of first degree murder to be served concurrently. So let me break this down for you. All right. So 7 <laughs> years to life just basically means um that he has a life sentence with a non-parole period of 15 years, but parole is not guaranteed. He'll be up for parole in 7 years, but he was denied this.
0: I see. So the 7 to year or 7 to life time period is like it could be a minimum of 7 if you wanted parole at seven and you got it. Yeah, exactly. But no one's going to give that to you. (laughs) Yeah, no. So he did not receive
1: that. And then for those of you who don't know what a concurrent sentence means, so you have concurrent and then you have um, consecutive. consecutive. So concurrent is like at the same time. You're serving all sentences like basically right next to each other. So they're all in parallel. So basically he's serving like one life sentence. But for these eight counts of um, first-degree murder. But if he served them consecutively, it would be one life sentence. And then if he lived past that, he would serve if another life immortal, sentence. he uh, immortal. Yes, exactly. Uh, <laughs> then he would serve another life sentence after that one. And then another,
0: et cetera, et, We've et cetera. We've got buffers in place.
1: Yeah, we got them. You know. They're there just in case. Zombies are a thing in the future. Right? Or we're like... I don't know, imprisoning Nicholas Flamel or something, or Benjamin Button. Right? He, we're just prepared. As we people. think of everything. We do. We meaning
0: the justice not us.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So instead of prison, Kemper is sent to a California, to the California Medical Facility. That's good. Yeah, because he, he definitely that makes is sense. Not, yeah.
0: Ugh,
1: he's not. He needs help. Yeah. Um. So at the age of sixty-nine, Kemper is still a resident there. He's 69 right now? He's 69 right now. Um, And he lives among the general population. He said he's a model prisoner. So he's, like, not isolated or anything like that. Um, He first became eligible for parole in 1979. Those are their seven years. Um, But he was denied in in 79, 80, 81, and 82. Um, So... After those denials, Kemper waited his waited his right to a parole hearing, stating his um his belief that no one will ever grant him parole. Well, so, probably not. That's pretty. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's actually known to be thriving in the prison com- yeah, community. Yeah, I've actually heard that. Yeah. It's he, like his place. Yeah, exactly. And he also he waived his hearing which was supposed to happen last year. Um, and he won't become eligible for parole until 2024. So I think he's going to waive it every seven years. I think that's going to happen. Probably,
0: yeah.
1: Um, just because nobody's going to let him do that.
0: He, he can't... probably likes it in there at this point. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's just chilling out. Um, so, he yeah, could that's... definitely not have a, go out into society because we all know what he looks like. Yes, exactly. Like, he's so just. Dis- distinct looking like he could not disguise himself and we would all
1: we'd all be like we know exactly we, who everyone you are. knows who you are yeah absolutely he would I, I mean like what state would let him live in their in their state I would be, like
0: if i were him i would be afraid to get, be let out
1: yeah absolutely and states can actually deny parolees rights to live in that area mm-hmm. like y- they can literally deny it yeah and i heard about that um, from a different case on a different podcast. And it was really interesting. It was like one of these killers was released on parole for some stupid reason. And um, his victim actually survived her attack. And everybody heard about it. And all of these communities... Oh, oh, yes. this is
0: um yeah the, the one where the... she's...
1: She, like, is, she like survives, thrown off yeah. of a
0: cliff. And she, like, and crawls, crawls up. up. <gasps> it's such a cool What's story. Her name? I don't remember what her name is. Is, is this one of the I Survived yes. <laughs> tellings on My Favorite Murder? <laughs> yes, it is. I know what you're talking about. It's really about.
1: cool. And just the way that these communities came together and completely Yeah, everyone was present. like,
0: you can't stay yeah, here. Yeah, <laughs> it's like,
1: you can't do it. And then this one mayor was like, he is staying on this patch of land in a tiny little trailer, and he is not allowed to leave. I remember that. That's so, so funny. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Yeah, and I mean, like sucks to suck you attacked someone i don't care what happens to you that's a crazy
0: story i wish we knew her name yeah I don't should we pause and name? look up her name real quick yes okay okay
1: it's mary vincent yes <laughs> so that happened really quick for y'all but we had to look her up <laughs> anyway so even if ed kemper was let out on parole i'm sure he would face an extreme amount of backlash um and i know nowhere in California. Well, I don't know, but I'm pretty <laughs> positive that California wouldn't let him live.
0: Yeah, around there, it's just hard because you can't like change your hairstyle because no. you're almost seven feet tall. Yeah, so like, it's like you're kind of just a sore thumb no yeah. matter what you do. Um, so
1: there's Ed Kemper, um, and I just want to get into the wonderful world of profiling okay a little bit um, so for those of you who don't know what profiling is it is an inge- an investigative technique where um, specialized uh, FBI agents go out into the field analyze all of the data that um, most of the time this happens like profilers are very it's a specialized field so the FBI sends out agents Two communities. They analyze the entire data of certain cases in that community, and then they create a profile of who they, what they think that person would look like, what gender they are, what they sound like. Sometimes um, they even have like a pretty comprehensive idea of like where they might work. It's really interesting. It's
0: so specific.
1: Yeah, and for all of the criminal minds. Fans yeah, I was gonna say there, that's
0: what that is. This yeah. is
1: what it is, and it's a real thing. Like. It actually happens... The show
0: Criminal Minds. The
1: Criminal Minds, yeah. It's so good. Um, Yeah, so the Criminal Minds team, there is a real team that actually exists and goes out and does all of that. Although I don't know if it's as quick as the actual FBI process. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's some things that are like very accurate in that show and then there are some things that are not. And unfortunately, not every department has a read... To, to to like just know everything you know yes or a Garcia to type, <laughs> type everything, everything in to a comprehensive computer like or a Shamar Moore to look
0: at oh I don't what what's an his angel. name in the show I forget his name in the show Morgan Morgan
1: yeah <laughs> yeah so um, these people do exist um, the behavioral science unit at Quantico is real and um, this is where it all started. Um, these interviews with serial killers, which Ed Kemper was a part of, he was selected because of his high IQ and because he was just willing to do it. That's why this case is unique, and that's why I wanted to like re- like pick this guy apart. Um, so <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. He's I talking about it. body dismemberment, and then I said, "Pick him apart." <laughs> uh distasteful sorry. it's just not you didn't, right you didn't mean to do that that
0: was funny though I yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> sorry <laughs> um yeah so <laughs> he was one of the first to sit down with police while he was serving out his concurrent life sentences and talk about the why instead of the who what when where etc so Psychology was kind of considered to be a pseudoscience for a really long time because it is like a case-by-case basis for a lot of things. And you have to have a lot of research to be able to actually make a claim about humanity's capacity for whatever. Um, So this is like the first time that people want to sit down and actually ask killers why they do this stuff as a way to show people that it's not just that, and you've said this many times, it's not just that you wake up and kill someone. That's not what happens. That's why I think understanding the psychology of it is extremely important. Like we can look at child abuse and we can look at the McDonald triad, which is not as solid as it it should be, but it's fine. But all of those things need to be analyzed Before claiming that this person was completely in a totally clear headspace while these crimes were committed. Um, Because I think that should play a role in the way that they are uh, sentenced. I absolutely believe that because it's important for us to understand that these people, again, didn't just wake up and kill somebody. Like something is clearly wrong with their mind. And as someone who would really like to, not have a ton of serial killers in the world. Like, I really wish there wasn't a whole bunch of cases to talk about and that we can have a podcast. We can have a ton of true crime podcasts out there. But there is. And the best way to understand these killers is to understand their minds and how it works. Going forward (laughs) with that in mind, um, I, I actually wanted to ask you this question. So why do you think that he sat down with police and talked about the crimes and excruciating detail because that was one of the like bigger questions that people were asking they were like how did you even get Mm -hmm. a serial killer to sit in front of you and tell you everything because he did he told them everything Mm -hmm. and that's how we know a lot about the personal details and the more gruesome details about these crimes because ed kemper told them to the police like he gave them everything so i wanted to know what you thought these people's motivation were
0: at Kimber's, motiva- mm-hmm. Kimber's
1: Motivation? Yeah.
0: Um. Well, he's a narcissist, clearly. And I think that, like I was saying earlier, um, I feel like it was, it seems like it was his goal to be a really notorious serial killer that we could talk about and everyone would kind of be fanatic about as we're doing right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I feel like he wanted credit for what he did and I think he viewed it as a like a positive thing like a goal that he met and he I mean he turned himself in and he went out of his way to prove to the officers that these were his crimes and it almost seems like it was territorial and that he didn't want them thinking anyone else did it like those are my victims you know Mm -hmm. which is a really weird way of thinking but I just, I feel like most serial killers are narcissists and people in general like talking about themselves. I can't, narcissists are a whole other (laughs) story. Yeah, right, exactly. And also he's in prison for life. He has nothing to lose, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. Like he literally can't go anywhere. So you pretty much hit, just like hit the nail on the head there. Um, So I agree with you about the narcissism thing. I think killers, like specifically very violent serial killers, have a tendency to want to talk about their crimes and talk about they're the proud of them. Of it. They want to relive them. They want yeah, to re-experiencing the them. Point. And with Ed Kemper, I didn't really mention this, but he took photographs during some of his attacks. Um, so he they relive them over and over and over again. And for a lot of them, it's like a it's like a release. It's like a sexual release for them. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really horrible, but. It, it, that's just what, what it is. And um, they don't care about their victims. That's the other thing is they can talk about them so casually because they don't think about their victims the way that we think about victims. They are literally just people that they disposed of. And Mary Ellen O'Toole, a famous FBI profiler, said, a psychopath thinks about their victims the way we think about a tissue. We blow our nose and throw the tissue away. We never think about it again. That's how these offenders think about their victims. So they're literally garbage. That's what they think about their victims, and it's really horrible. So that's kind of why um, Kemper was so nonchalant in his interviews. And if anybody wants to go and see them, I have posted a few in the description. So you can go and click on them and watch them.
0: They're pretty... At your own risk. At your own (laughs)
1: risk. Um, They're pretty intense. But the way he's so chill, like he's just sitting there talking about these. He almost has like a
0: monotone, like uninterested voice. Yes, it's like he's like recounting these terrible acts as if he's like, I've got to be somewhere and want to be done with this conversation.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and um, there are uh, there was one moment in one of the interviews I saw where he actually cried.
0: Really? Yeah, he actually did break down and wait. Which one?
1: It, he was talking about one of the um, women he had murdered. One, one of the, of the co-eds. co-eds? Yeah. So it wasn't, he has zero remorse for his, <laughs> his mother. Mom. I was going to say, was it like, someone he knew? No. Hmm. He, oh my gosh. The way he defiled her body, like it's clear that he didn't care about her at all. So, yeah.
0: That's surprising. But,
1: yeah, so he did break down and cry. I did watch part of that. It was it, which was very interesting. It took me out of it for a second because I was like, I don't what? Yeah. Um, but the other thing about Kemper is that he called in and confessed. And that was the other question I wanted to ask you. I wanted to say ask you why you think he he did that. And he confessed to all of these murders cuz um and we talked about this very briefly before we sat down um about The number of people he had killed Mm -hmm. and just the violence and the escalation he had. If we compare him to other serial killers, he didn't kill as many people as like the Green River killer. He only had these six and Mm -hmm. then he escalated. And one's his
0: mom. So I feel like that's different than the other. Yeah. Right. Exactly.
1: Exactly. So I just wanted to ask what you thought, why he did that, like why he called it in after killing his mother.
0: I think that, and the mother was the last killing, right?
1: Well, her friend was the last oh, killing, well, yeah. technically. That wasn't it planned, was like, though. No. It, well, he called her. Again, I'm not really sure why,
0: but. Well, I don't either. I yeah, mean, I guess he was going to. Maybe he just wanted it to be on his terms, you know? Right, exactly. Um, I think he turned himself in, like I was saying earlier, because to him, he's, like, proud of what he did. And the motive behind these serial killers is that, well, some of them, not all of them, but the, the more um, charismatic ones like Kemper and Manson. Well, Manson wasn't a serial killer, but no. Manson and uh, I, who's another really? Bundy. Bundy. Um, he was pretty vocal he, about his situation too. Yeah, Bundy was actually interviewed for this. Yeah, and yeah, I think Manson was too. Mm-hmm. And I just think that to them, it's like a game. And... And no other, there's no really other way of putting it other than proud of what they accomplished.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And the turning himself in part is like part of the accomplishment and saying, I didn't get caught. I turned myself in.
1: For me, I think that the reason he kept on calling it in is because of the narcissism thing, wanting to be like, I did this. This is what happened. I didn't like them. So I got rid of them. And then also... He didn't continue on his killings with the co-eds after he had killed his mom because that's who he really yeah. wanted to get rid of from a that young age. And that's kind of
0: Those women the end all. Those women weren't really all. a part of it. It was more yeah. like he had to kind of build up the nerve to kill his own mom, which I'm sure was more mm-hmm. difficult than killing a random stranger.
1: Yeah, exactly. So one of the things about these interviews that I found a little annoying um, was that he did receive some special treatment. Um, I'm sure it was a form of manipulation done by the FBI agents just to get him to talk. Mm -hmm. But he did receive, like, cigarettes and food. He got to, like, talk without handcuffs on Um, He got to walk around the prison like he owned the place anyway because he was like a model prisoner and everybody kind of liked him because he was, I mean, all those people are, they have something about them that's really, that just draws people in. Um, So I wasn't a huge fan of all of the like supplements that they kept on giving him so that he would talk. But at the same time, I understand it. Um, He did not though receive any like lesser sentence for talking with these people. In that respect, I'm like, okay, I can. That's good. Yeah. Um But I didn't really like seeing pictures of him. He has like a vanity shot.
0: <laughs> he does. Like they're, he, they they're pretty dramatic. Yeah,
1: yeah, they really are. <laughs> he did a, a little photo shoot. He did, and there's one that I will definitely post in the description, and it's Randy's favorite picture of Ed Kemper, and it's like he's posing for like a, a male Jean advertisement he's got like his legs out he's kind of like crouching down and he's like leaning and on he's, his like leaning on his, yeah. up, his um extended leg and it's really weird picture and, and he's, he's just got hanging out in a serious clothes. face yeah and I'm like what is
0: happening it's so funny I'm, like this isn't a photo shoot for the gap temper <laughs> chill out I mean I don't really have an issue with the special treatment just because it wasn't anything that too um lenient or anything he didn't get he just got some the food he wanted and yeah. some cigarettes. Like, mm-hmm. who cares? I don't know. <laughs> I just don't really think it's that big of a deal, especially because for someone like him, I think that they had to really talk him up and kind of play on that whole idea that what that he's like, you know, the best serial killer, and he's like a marvel, and we, mm-hmm. we have to study him, right? and he's, he's just so like, interesting, and he's yeah. You know, so I think they had to play that up, and I don't think anything they did was too harmful. Yeah, and
1: it's—I'm just mad because I don't, like—I don't like those people. Like,
0: I well, have, they're humans, too. I right, mean. exactly. I
1: understand that, but I tend to not have great favor with them. While I do think they deserve all of the rights that every other human being d- deserves— Mm-hmm. I just am not their biggest fan, and I just think that they should be in prison no, for the rest of
0: their lives. they're pretty terrible, <laughs> yeah, awful people. Yes. <laughs> I um, just, I don't know what a food really,
1: Yeah, exactly. how that has too I, much. Yeah, and I just, I perso- personally, I would have liked it if they had just been slightly more callous towards him, and they seemed well, they really me, friendly. I don't think As they would have got, yeah. But at the same time, it is a little... Is it just unsettling. off-putting? Yeah, yeah, it's just off-putting, and it's like, ugh. I,
0: I think it's this. like you have to decide whether, like, we you know probe the the criminal mind, yes, or, or we maybe, like, like let someone that we don't really like have some things they want.
1: Yeah, exactly. And but, it's yeah, all, it's all you said done that it's it's for for the best. Yeah, but it didn't make me very happy. So I actually pulled some interesting quotes. Ooh, okay. From his interviews, and this will just be our last little bit of Ed Kemper, just to leave you on a weird note. Um, he said, one side of me says, I'd like to talk to her, date her. The other side of me says, I wonder what her head would look like on a stick.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's something he said. He's just freaking talking it up. Like He's, yeah. just, he's just being dramatic. I feel dramatic. like at some point during this whole thing, he just decided to turn up the the dial of the drama and just be weird. Yeah, and I'm like, when did he ever put a head on a stick? He didn't He didn't do that. even do that, yeah.
1: Whatever. So the next one is, if I killed them, you know, they couldn't reject me as a man. It was more of less making a doll out of a human being and carrying out my fantasies with a doll, a living human doll.
0: He's just making stuff up. I know. I just actually, feel like that's not real.
1: He, he <laughs> is, because like, if you look at his criminal process, he didn't do anything with the bodies. It was the heads he cared about. And then the last quote is with a girl, there's a lot left in the girl's body without a head. Of course, the personality is gone. Which (laughs) that one, that one kind of made me sad when I first read it because I was like, you're stripping them of who they are, you're defiling them. And then you go and say something like that.
0: I don't know. Like I said, I think he's just trying to be extra.
1: I think John Douglas says something to the effect of he's a dime of a, dime a dozen serial killer, but he had a high IQ and he was articulate. He like, knew how to
0: manipulate yeah, the
1: situation. Exactly. And he knew how to feed Kemper's ego. So Douglas mm-hmm. did. So it was easier for him to get the information he needed. And while there is an epic amount of flair to these interviews and some information that he states that may seem very gross and dramatic, but is literally just him being a total jerk
0: and an asshole yeah so there's part of it that is directly linked to his mental health that I can see and -hmm. appreciate that that's there's a reason that that's that way the rest of it because I've seen some of these too he's Mm -hmm. just being weird yeah because he thinks it's fun and he's just messing with them and kind of wasting their time a little bit.
1: And it's pretty easy to recognize that when he says something dramatic Mm -hmm. about putting heads on sticks and he didn't even do that. He's bored. It's prison. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. Um, Yeah. So just wanted to leave you off with some Ed Kemper quotes for your day. And um, thank you so much for listening with us and for um, talking with us about, well, I guess not talking with us, but... You can talk back. You can talk back. We <laughs> won't respond to you. But um, just for, you know, hanging out and listening to the story about Ed Kemper. So if you want to learn anything else about Ed Kemper, I have all of the sources posted in the description so you can check it out. And um, you can watch Mindhunter Hunter. if yes. you want. It's really cool. Um, there's a lot of neat uh, little pieces of information about Ed Kemper because he has been recorded uh, so it's really awesome. They have a side by side video of the Mind Hunter. Have mm, seen and the, that? It was
0: so good. Did he end up winning a? I don't know. What's the TV ones? The Golden the Globes? Emmys. The Emmys. Did he win an Emmy? I, don't I know, know he was nominated for. I one. think he was
1: nominated. I can look it up really quick.
0: Okay, we're gonna pause again. Okay.
1: <laughs> okay. So we
0: just looked up.
1: If this the guy who played Ed Kemper in Mindhunter won anything. So the actor's name is Cameron Britton. And he was nominated actually this year, 2018, for the award Outstanding Guest Actor in a Drama Series. Um, but he did not win. Also, he doesn't look like Ed Kemper in real
0: life. <laughs> no, he
1: doesn't. He looks very much like him in the show. Yeah, it's creepy. But in real life, he has like curly brown hair. And has like and does eyes. not have a weird mustache and is not a serial killer. So. Cool. Okay. Cool. Well, thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Bye. Bye.